0: Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirado Juego. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow.
1: Come on in. How are you doing? going to lay this mat underneath you. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a little cold at first. Just try to lay down and relax. Mm-hmm. Now this acts like a heating pad. It's going to warm up against your skin. It's going to be alright. I think you'll like it. Don't worry, I got my gloves on. Nice and sterile. Yeah. And we're gonna just kind of ease you into it. Mm hmm. And we're gonna do a little bit of heat treatment massage. We're gonna add some nice massage gels that will activate with your skin, and this mat will keep them from being absorbed into the fabric so that your skin absorbs most of the gel. Now, the idea is to get as much pain relief as we can for So I'm going to rub this gel on your back, all over your back, you know, the length of your back, around your neck, and your shoulder blades, down your spine, and your lats, down the clavicles, down the side of your rib cage, down into your lower back the no whole idea is we're gonna rub this all over you get a nice layer of this heat activated massage gel and we're gonna get it all the way down to your hips not too low now but I'm gonna get it on the sides of your hips just a little bit so we're gonna work up the sides just a little bit mm-hmm now, what we're gonna do is once we get this gel all over you, then I have you roll over. Okay, go ahead. You want to? Mm-hmm. No, 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 not now. Wait, wait till I'm finished, and then you can roll over in this mat. Your vinyl mat, well, what it will do is it will keep the gel pressed against your body. And as your body heats up naturally against the, you know, your body radiates heat against the mat material, it will activate the gel and then your skin will absorb it. Mm Mm-hmm. out of your body and we'll also loosen up some of those really tight spots. You know, okay. There you go. You're really tight. Hmm. Let me get the gel everywhere. A nice even I don't want to call it a layer, but a nice even coating of it because it is heat activated by your body. I even have um, a heating pad underneath the mat, but I normally don't use it because, you know, when you get it too hot, it actually kind of feels like it's burning and it's a uncomfortable Sensation for you, and we don't want that. Plus, we don't really need it. It really does heat up just from your body. Your body heat radiates against the mat and it creates this layer of hot, um, yeah, hot gel and it allows it to activate and then it goes right up. And absorbs into the pores of your skin. Mm-hmm. It does a pretty good job. Pretty much by itself. There's no reason to like. Press it home with a heating mat. You know. A hot pad. It's a little overkill. But sometimes. I turn on the hot pad. To warm up the mat a little bit. Before you come in. Mm-hmm. So that you're not. You know, laying on a, a cold, plastic, rubbery mat that might, you know, give you a little chill. Because if you have a little bit of a chill, then your body tightens up, all your muscles tighten up. And we don't want that. Mm-hmm. do that in your face. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you like that? Yeah. I think it's nice. Well, I'm very happy to help you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. You to roll over. There you go. Just kind of gently lift yourself and roll over. Your body's already preheated the mat. Now that you're rolling over, you can, it feels cold, doesn't it? Mm hmm. But it's not that cold because your body already was laying on the mat. So it should be almost equalized by the time we, mm hmm. And then we need you to just. Literally press your body into the surface. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Good. It's a little yucky, isn't it? A little sticky. Mm-hmm. Now we've got you laying nice and flat and tight. We're going to contour, contour the surface of the mat pump it up a little bit with these little tiny air pillows. Mhm. And stick those in a couple places. And we're just going to lightly pump them up with these little hand pumps. Mhm. And what we're going to do is just kind of press the mat up against your sides and parts of your back where not quite flat. hmm Just a couple places. Because we want to kind of cinch you in on the sides. We bring these up against your sides. I know it's a little chilly, but it warms up really quick. Do you like it? It's kind of like a... Yeah, it's kind of like halfway wrapping you, like almost like a mummy. But only on your back and your sides. Mm -hmm. It's not sticky if you just hold still, kind of press yourself down, and the gel starts to heat up, and you'll start to feel it absorbing into your skin, and that's when you start getting the pain relief, and the joints and the muscles start to loosen up, and stretch back out again, and you can feel your spine relaxing down into the product, down into the mat. Mm-hmm. You're doing so well. I'm really proud of you. You're doing a great job. It's not easy and for your first time to do this. And uh Yeah. There you go. Just kinda press it up against your sides. Kinda push it in there a little bit. There, nice and tight. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh, the news. Stay away from the news. That's my advice. (laughs) Yeah, I heard, and I know it's a local issue, but uh, if you live in Ohio, you hear all these things. Well, I'm just glad nobody got hurt. I got those texts on my phone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad nobody got well <laughs> how did they word it? No students were involved. Thank goodness. <laughs> I know, you know, covering our base over here. But you know I I don't know. I I think they meant well and yeah, I get those emergency texts. Because I, d- I work and live in the area. And I don't mind. But um, I kind of get that tightened up against you a little bit. Kind of press it in. But um, it it disappoints me. Because, you know, there's crime everywhere every night. But they're acting like this is a big deal just because of its proximity to the college. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you yeah. know. I think you should always err on the side of caution, but I think they're, well, yeah. No, I I don't have a bad opinion of it, you know. um, I know they're trying really hard to you know, do the public service correctly, and I think the police are genu- genuinely trying to do a good job, and then mistakes do happen, and accidents happen and there are some horrible and fortunate events that happen sometimes, but I don't think all the all of it is as intentional as some people might think. I think sometimes you have to take every <clears throat> some of these situations you really need to take them on an individual basis and look at what really you know hold still happened um, because it's not cut and dried. It's not like, okay, this happened and, you know, it was excessive force or it was, you know, an illegal stop or the person was out of control. You know, we live in this post nine eleven world where, you know, guys take airplanes and Fly them in the buildings and people take vans and drive them up over sidewalks. And people put bombs in cars and trucks and come on, it happens. And then you have these idiots, complete idiots that take military-grade weapons and go into schools and churches and shoot people that are, for all intents and purposes, innocent and completely unarmed And it's heart-wrenching. And I just, I know it's not fun to talk about when you're trying to get a nice, comfortable massage. What I'm saying is, you have this extreme, horrible violence. Okay? I didn't say gun violence. I said violence. You know, an airplane, a truck, a guy with a knife, a guy with a sword, a guy with a gun. It doesn't matter. The point is you, know, you ain't got a bomb strapped to his ass. You know it, it's not all about it's not it's not what they use it's what their intention is is what I'm talking about. And these horrible violent offenders do these horrible acts. And then you have the random acts of violence where you know people just pull a gun and shoot at a cop or shoot at innocent people. Or, you know, it's a random event. There's no direct rhyme or reason that it happened. You know, not, a, not an obviously direct reason. And these things get inside society's head. They get inside the police and our um, first responders' heads. And these people have to deal with this. And it's not... You know which side do you want your law enforcement to come down on? Now I don't want them to do something to hurt an innocent person, but I don't want them to let a guy go on a rampage. You know I just saw this horrible video, and uh, there was a cop and he's going to pull the guy over, and it's in it was in Ohio, and of course it has to be Ohio. And this fella had a rifle of some kind. It looked like a hunting rifle, but, you know, I don't want to get into specifics. And it, and I really don't want to focus on the guns because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the violence, the unbridled, the level of violence is just going through the roof. This cop is just trying to do a normal, at least to me, traffic stop. In Ohio, he's just a normal cop, broad daylight, got to pull a guy over for some kind of traffic stop, you know, baloney, whatever. And he waits for his backup because he sees the guy has a gun in the car. (laughs) He puts the lights on. The guy starts driving away, so the cop follows him. And then the guy stops. I saw the film. I'm not, he turns around in the, in the, in the car. It's like an SUV sticks the gun pointing inside his car back towards the police car and fires a couple of rounds through his own back window at the cop car behind him and the cops return fire. And I mean, they open up on this guy with some suppression fire and he quits firing and then they run up on him and he lives through it and I don't think he got shot or hurt and the police didn't get shot or hurt, but like the level of violence, this guy just got pulled over for a stupid traffic stop. I mean, these are, they're not routine. I don't get pulled over all the time, but I do get, or I have been pulled over and I'm not acting like, you know, I'm some kind of, you know, great guy. But we all speed, we all cut corners, we all zip through stop signs here and there when you're in a hurry, you don't completely stop, and you get pulled over once in a while, like once every two or three years or so, or, you know, it's, you know, just recently, okay, just recently, I'm driving, I I literally drove right past a cop, and he's like, what the heck, you're speeding, and he pulls me over. I'm going twelve miles over the speed limit. Now I didn't even realize I was. It was ten thirty, quarter to eleven at night. I'm going to work. I am freaking tired. I'm not concentrating. I didn't think I was going that quick. I was uh I went from a seventy mile an hour zone. That's where the seventy two miles an hour. And um, I went into a 60 mile an hour zone and I just was really tired and I didn't realize um, I was still going 70, which, you know, 70 equals 72, 60 equals 65, <laughs> right? We all do it. We all do it. I know somebody's going to say, oh, I don't do that. I drive the speed limit and I always go do complete stuff. Well, you know what? When you're tired, it's the middle of the night or early in the morning. You make stupid mistakes. You get pulled over. It's just part of life. And you talk nice to the police officer. And you try to get out of it. And you try to make a case. And sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes you don't. Well, this time I got away with it because I had a, a little malfunction with my car. Um, I don't want to get into it. But there was reason to believe that the car... Um, might have caused part of my problem, and I was taking it into the shop to get it fixed, and I explained that to the officer, and he, and it was legit. Um, may or may not had to do with the fact that I was going 72 and 60, but it was good enough of an excuse at quarter to 11 at night for him to go. Okay, you know what, you know, you're a good guy. You haven't had a ticket in a long time. I'm gonna let you go on this one for the warning, and I'm like. You're fantastic. Thank you. And I thought the cop was absolutely wonderful. Highway trooper. Very gracious. Very polite. It was kind of a weird situation. He was the way it happened without going into huge detail. And he couldn't believe I just drove past him speeding. And I was like, because I didn't know. I really didn't know. And I thought he was going slow on purpose. Like he was going to... Uh, tag somebody uh, and he couldn't believe I passed him. And it was just kind of a weird thing. It was on the highway too. You know, four lane highway. So we were both like using one lane, I'm in the other and it just was a kind of a weird situation and he thought, well, you're, pa- you're pretty bold passing me and it's like, because I didn't know officer and I didn't even realize you were there and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And he was real nice, and it, it it was fine, and he let me go that time. I, I've gotten some tickets lately. Uh, well, not lately. It's like the last 10 years. I got a couple tickets, but mainly I'm doing really good. Okay. So, um, where is that going with this? You know, it's just a stupid routine stop. Now, it was at night, and I was nervous. And I pulled way over so the officer would be safe off the road. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I see these other people getting pulled over. And they immediately go to this extreme violence. You know, um, I saw one with a lady. I don't think she was in Ohio, but I know people have seen this. She's in an SUV. They're trying to stop her. She's got a kid in the car and she about run the guy over that's where it starts and then she's trying to go down the road there must be 10 cops trying to stop her just stop the car honey just stop it she's got a little kid in a car seat in that car and she's ramming backwards and forwards and sideways and every other way she can into cop cars into, um, I think some of them were cops and some of them weren't trying to stop her. And I'm thinking, what in the world? I mean, this is just a a mom. This is a mom. No gun involved. Thank goodness. And thank goodness the police were restrained and trying not to lose their freaking marbles. But a couple of them had either their guns out or their hands on their guns but they didn't do anything because there's a there's a kid in the car. Thank goodness, they didn't overreact or, you know, I I couldn't blame a police officer if something bad happened. She literally, at the beginning of the video, almost ran a guy over, and it looks like she really hurt him. Like she bounced him off the hood. Um. She sideswiping another car. And she just kept pushing the gas down until she cleared the car and almost ran this guy over. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, she's going to kill somebody. And then she goes down the road and rams into a couple other cars. And the police are trying to bust the windows in the car and get her out and get her to stop. And I'm thinking, the I got to be honest, the first time I watched a video, I thought, boy, these cops are showing a lot of restraint because they should just blow her head off the way she's acted. She's acting like a maniac in a in a in a c five thousand pound car ramming into people, ramming into police cars. That's a guided missile. You know, that's a weapon. See, no gun involved. Just violence. This extreme violence and it's like what is wrong with her it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman or what kind of weapon they use or what kind of you know what their ideology is or what their politics are it's just what is I'm talking about actually so far I've talked about some good situations where people live through it (laughs) And this one ended (laughs) relatively good. They, I think they broke one of the windows or both, the driver and the passenger window, and they finally got in the car and stopped her and then got the kid out of the car. And I was thinking, oh, that's the thing. The first time I watched it, I'm just watching in my mind. I'm watching a crazy person fight back against the police for some reason it's resist resisting arrest and resisting stopping um when as she's directed by the police to stop stop and you're not you're you're doing something wrong right there and I don't know why she's doing it but I didn't know the first time I watched it I was looking at oh my god she was killed that guy she almost killed this guy She almost ran this guy over. She's ramming her uh, SUV into a police car. And I'm trying to figure out what the police are, what their angle is on it, you know. Because you see them touch and grab their guns, but they're not pulling them. And, like, this woman's out of control. And then I realize when they pull a little kid out of that car, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And the thing is, what do we do when it gets out of hand? What do we do? You know, there have been some horrible encounters between police and authorities and vigilantes and overzealous police officers and completely unhinged people in the public. Like when a guy opens fire on a crowd, we're lucky that more people don't get hurt in the crossfire, you know? I I just, I don't know what to think anymore. It's not, the reason I'm not one of these guys that, I'm not anti-gun, I'm not pro-gun. I'm a human being, and I love my fellow brothers and sisters. And what I want you and I to think about is not the weapon, not the ideology, and not the politics. Because that's where we get in the mud. That's when we dig ourselves in up to our knees and we can't move. I know those things are important, but what I want to focus on right now. Is how somehow. A segment of our population. Believes it's okay. To go to extreme. Violent. Reaction. To simple situations. And. It's off the hook. Like I know people have always been. Angry. People have always been emotional. And people have acted out in a violent way maybe we just see it more now because we have cameras all over the place and people carry cameras the police officers have cameras right on their uniforms and a lot of times the assailants or the people that are unhinged in the public they have a camera there's guys that put cameras on their guns or they wear a camera and they film the diabolical things they do so Cameras are part of our world now, and maybe we are seeing it more and getting exposed to it more because of the advent of the uh, modern age and the cell phone and the, ca- the cameras that are just readily available. You know, GoPros and cell phone cameras and, you know, a lot of people make a living just filming um, police uh, the cop they're called cop watchers and First Amendment auditors and all these people. So there's all these people. There's even anti-First Amendment auditors that you know audit the auditors. And it goes on and on and on. And the point I'm making is there's always a, a camera on. The camera's almost taken a, a life of its own in modern society. And maybe we're seeing it more often. Maybe we're getting exposed more. Like, when I was growing up, there was these these amazing, rare films like the Hindenburg. When the Hindenburg burned up, there actually wasn't, and this is 1939, and they had cameras that you actually had to crank. They didn't even have batteries in them, I don't believe. You cranked them. And then they ran for like 30 seconds to a minute and then you cranked them again and you got another 30 seconds to a minute. And then other cameras were, you know, steady crank where you cranked it until you ran out of one reel of film. Those would be, I think, eight to eight minutes, 15 minutes for a, um, for a big size film roll, uh, which I forget what they call a can of film. It's, uh, but anyway, um. In 1939, I think it was, when the Hindenburg... Maybe it was 37, but I thought it was 37. But anyway, when the Hindenburg blew up, blew up in New Jersey, it was a big deal. And there was, like, actually four people filming it. One was a home movie camera. And then there were three professional, I think, uh, film cameras there. And one guy, the famous recording, was a guy recording on a record. They were actually cutting a record on site as he was doing his radio announcement, they recorded it and were, and they were cutting a recording of it. And then there was like like I said, two or three news agencies filming the Hindenburg. And then there was happened to be a guy there with a home a small home camera that you hand crank and get 15, 30 seconds on. I think it was thirty seconds. And then you have to, you know, crank it back up, and then you can push the trigger and get another. on, on the spring unwinds and it reels the film. You know, you can uh, and you expose it. So you had like the Hindenburg, and then you had like a couple uh, films from um, Pearl Harbor, the Arizona. That was a home movie camera. This guy just happened to point his camera right at the Arizona when it blew up. And then you go forward in time to around, let's say, okay, John Kennedy. John Kennedy gets shot, and that film was the Zagruder film. It had a name. That's how famous it was. And this little old man got up on a a pedestal and just happened to film the president going by, and the president gets shot. And that Zagruder film was just like, I'm probably saying it wrong, Zagruder, Zagruder. It was like so famous, but like, look what I'm talking about over the space of 40, 50, 60 years. You're talking about the Zagruder film and the Hindenburg and maybe the Arizona blowing up at Pearl Harbor. They had these rare and exotic films and then you get a little closer and it's Vietnam and you, there's the one of the kid getting assassinated by the South Vietnamese uh, police chief and then it starts to accelerate you know you get your bigfoot film and your Loch Ness monster film and you know video and they were real rare then all of a sudden in this modern age that we you know and you had like the 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 space shuttles blow up you know and then right around 9 11 and the advent of the cell phone it's different Violence is getting captured on camera at an accelerated and alarming rate. We, in the last 60, 70 years, we have not killed as many people as died in World War II. Like, we killed tens and a hundred million people in World War II. But you didn't, and they did film some of that atrocity and some of that like the bombings and the shootings and the devastation but it wasn't at the level that you have today and we don't kill people on this industrial war level like we did back then and we kind of are right now with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine like there's like two or three hundred thousand casualties but even then it's different it seems more extreme now because we have so much film evidence like I said you're you live in Ohio okay Ohio cops violence you look it up there's a film of the cops shooting this young man in the middle of the night then there's this one of this guy shooting the cops in the middle of the day And then there's video of this guy getting shot and this woman getting shot and this crazy guy trying to, you know, blow up a building and all this weird stuff and the train derailment. And there's all this violence. And this is just Ohio. And then you can expand it out to other states, other police stops, other cities. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And I think we have, I don't know what we're doing wrong. I don't know if we're making it commonplace. We're we're desensitizing ourselves to the violence. I mean, I was thinking the other day, I don't even know if I want to talk about this, but there was this horrible shooting, I think it was in Australia, at this Muslim church, and these poor people. I've never seen this level of violence before. And the man filmed himself hurting the people, and I'm going to keep it simple and sweet. I didn't realize I was watching a real video of a real horrible, inhumane man killing people. I thought it was a movie or a TV show or some kind of reality show because of the way he filmed himself doing it. I thought it was a joke or a you know, like a like a fake film. I didn't realize till after I got near the end I realized I was watching a human being kill human beings indiscriminately trying to kill women and children, and I don't want to talk about his idea and the reason I don't want to is that's not what the problem was problem was I thought it was fake I thought it was just some stupid video some kid made or this news agency made you know to show a reenactment and then it dawned on me I was watching something Mm -hmm. real and I don't care about the kids ideology because he's a monster I don't care if he believes in purple-headed aliens or Nazis or whatever. The man is an inhuman monster. And he needs removed from society because he can serve no purpose in society after what he did to these poor people. And I don't care what your religion is. I don't care where you fall on these issues. You don't go into a room full of women and children ever. You're never justified doing this to people. I don't care what your deal is. You're not justified. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And I think, why are we letting this go on at this level of violence? And maybe if you look at the statistics scientifically... There's 8 billion people, and I've heard some people say that violent crime and all this stuff is kind of going down, but the mass shootings and the violent, extreme violent crimes is bad, but crime and shootings and everything in general is getting better. Maybe it might be worldwide, it might be certain types of violence. Is getting better, but you know, per capita depends on you know, you got to look at the population versus how many acts. You know, there's so many variables go into this, but the bottom line is we're supposed to be getting smarter. I'm wondering if our justice system is not hmm, taking some of this stuff into account, you know. After World War One, we had the Versailles Treaty and they punished Germany for um, starting the war. Even though there were a whole bunch of people involved and a whole bunch of parties involved, they basically came down on Germany because they were the ones that kind of really put the stroke to everybody. And they punished Germany and seg- kind of singled them out. And that set up World War II. And then World War II was just a woo, like we're, you. if you thought we were bad, we're going to really show you how to hurt people. And they got help from the Empire of Japan and Italy and other countries, and Germans weren't alone. Don't sit there and act like, well, it's just little old Germany. There was Germany, and then Finland was actually an ally of theirs, and Romania was an ally of theirs. And other countries were allies of theirs. And depending on what side of the fence you were on, the Vichy French were on their side at one point. You know, they were an ally to Germany. And you had the Free French saying, what are you doing here? And uh, so, you know, thank God for the Free French and De Gaulle and uh, the fact that we backed those people up and got France free again. And, uh, you know, I just... I sit back and I watch this crap and I look at it and I think, you know what? We tried to do something right after World War II. We didn't treat Germany like they were our enemy. But we tried with the Marshall Plan to turn them into an ally, to rehabilitate Europe, to bring Germany into the European Society as a trading partner and as a friend. We try to make a friend out of an enemy. Now, we did do the Nuremberg trials, and we said, hey, certain crimes are so heinous that they get to the level of crimes against humanity, okay? And we decided as a people that these crimes were so heinous that they were crimes against humanity and you've removed yourself from society and you're not really part of the human race anymore at that point and you and you got the death penalty okay and I do think in certain cases the death penalty has a purpose when you've reached the level of becoming a literally a human monster and removed yourself from society by doing something so heinous that you've you've just harmed too many people for it to be anything other than, you know, your intention was to harm the human race and our chances of survival. And I really think we need to start looking at that as a modern society. I'm not saying start putting people back on the gallows or start... Firing squads back up, and that's not what I'm talking about. But when you go into a building and you just unload on some people, I don't know if life in prison is a it should be an option. That little jerk down there in Florida that unloaded on those kids in I think it was Parkland, Florida, and then he goes and gets life in prison. With no chance of parole. Like what is that kid going to do to serve society going forward after he killed, I think it was what, 14 people or something? Shot up a whole hallway full of kids. And I don't care what his excuse is. I don't care what his mental state is. I don't care what his problem is. The level of violence has reached a point where he kind of... Yeah, but you blew it. You know what I mean? When do we just say, you blew it? Like, you got a fair trial. You got representation. You had a jury. You had everybody sitting there, you know, doing, crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. But at the end of the day, you blew it. And here I see a video of him trying to, kill, or at least assault, a prison guard. They had it on video because there's cameras in the prison. And he fought this prison guard tooth and nail. And it looked pretty bad to me. Now, I have been in some scraps my life. And I'll tell you what, if this little rat, rug rat, you know, some 19, 20-year-old kid tried to do that to me, and I had to, like, literally pull a gun on him to get him to stop, I think the cop had to use a, a taser or a stun gun to finally get this kid to back off and quit trying to shove his teeth down his throat. You know, I'm going to be a little angry. And I'm thinking, you know, you're not, it's not like me and you, like you, the listener, me and you having a little altercation Because of a misunderstanding, we could say we're sorry to each other. And we could go have a beer. You know, we could go buy an ice cream. and We could apologize to each other and just chuck it up to a big stupid misunderstanding. This, this kid has a little bit of a history. He happened to have unloaded a gun in a school. And I think he might or may or may not want to, you know, decapitate a guard with his own nightstick. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like... You know, Jeffrey Dahmer, you, 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 you did horrible things to men, and then you're in prison, and you're joking and smoking about it. It's kind of like, dude, there reaches a point where it's not funny anymore, Jeffrey. You know, you kind of have a history here. You've kind of removed yourself from society. I don't think, you know, making jokes about the human anatomy is a good look for you, Jeff. You know, And I'm all over the place. And I'm going on and on and on. And I'm sorry. But this kind of stuff really means something to me. And I want you to know I care. And once again. Let's stay focused on what I wanted to talk about. I don't want to talk about. Guns. I don't want to talk about. Bombs. I don't want to talk about violence. Like what ideologies are out there in politics and what side of the fence you fall on because at the end of the day, none of that matters. It really doesn't. You know why? Because that's not going to bring these people back. It's not going to bring one single person back whinging on about politics, guns, violence, or how they did it. Or not violence but i mean the the ideology the politics the, the and the method what is going to stop this going forward is is when we as a society decide that the violence has to stop and we've got to get control of what's causing it now if, if it's a person who is unstable and needs help We've got to get them help. And if we have to pass a few laws here and there to make it harder for people to buy things and uh, uh, acquire things to hurt people, you know, it's been proven over and over again that there are certain segments of the population that probably shouldn't have access to certain things. And that doesn't mean we don't love you or that you shouldn't have the ability to protect yourself. But there, you know, what are we talking about here? And how much of that do you need? And we could say there shouldn't be any limits on this stuff. Well, come on. There's common sense. You know, when you have kids in the house, you take more precautions with... Firearms and poisons, like do you lock up your poisons? You know, your your cleaners, your Dranos, your you know, like when we were a young couple with young kids, we didn't even have Drano and chemicals in the house. You got that stuff at the store when you needed it. Okay, the 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 drain plugged up and you needed some Drano or whatever. I'm just using that as an example drain cleaner. It wasn't in the house. You went and got it. You used it. You used it up and the bottle went in the trash. The empty bottle went in the trash. And there was, you know, very little of that crap in the house. So you didn't have like a drawer full of dangerous items. Things were locked up and things were put up or you just didn't have it in the house to begin with. You got it on an as-need basis. And as your kids get older, you know, and you you get older, you your kids get older, maybe you have your little looser with certain things like that because they're not in the house anymore. And then somebody comes over and they've got a 4-year-old, and the 4-year-old goes right for that stuff, and you remember why you don't have that stuff in the house. And God forbid you have a weapon somewhere in your house. You know when you have kids around or anything and that is not curtailing my rights my wife's rights my kids rights nobody's rights are being impinged upon it's called common sense and if we know and there are parents out there that have I have heard the agony of these parents trying to turn their child in, that kid that shot up, um, that's representative in that judge down there in, I think it was Arizona, the dad was desperately trying to get his kid some help and get his kid off the street and stop his kid. I think he turned his son into the police that day, and his son tried to steal his car that day, and there's this whole chain of events. And here is a parent struggling to try to get some control over the situation and help his son or his daughter. And it just escalates to the point where a horrible act of violence happened. And it doesn't matter what the kid used. It really doesn't. It matters what happened. And the agony that these families go through time and again like that kid that shot up the Waffle House in Tennessee and over and over again I feel like I'm just going on and on about something when I hear all this I hear the agony of the family the victims the perpetrators family and I think we've got to use some common sense and when societies do that and they, they act as a society. Now, here's the key. The reason removing guns to the level that they did in England and, say, Australia worked was because as a society, they decided they needed to get a grip on the violence that was happening in their country. And they wanted it to stop I think regardless of where you fall on like let's just say the gun issue or whatever the Second Amendment in the United States if we could just realize as a society take that out of the picture and say we as a society need some common sense rules and regulations to settle these people down. What that does is. The mindset of your society. All of us. Now not everyone. Because there's always going to be extremists. There's always going to be somebody that is divisive. and um, Just a contrarian and doesn't want to agree. But the majority says. Hey. Enough is enough, let's settle down, let's take a chill pill, let's take a deep breath, let's let's have a beer instead of punching the guy, or if we get a little angry, like I said before, me and you, we're going to sit down, we're going to have a beer, we're going to have a bowl of ice cream, we're going to go get an ice cream cone, you know, we're going to have some, some candy, we're going to have cotton candy, and la 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 la. And you could laugh at me all you want. But there reaches a point where we've got to have cooler heads. And when you start surrounding yourself with people that aren't talking about standing their ground and fighting back, and I'm going to get him before he gets me, and if they try and take my weapons away, shots will be fired. If you replace that with common sense and start saying things like, you know what, I love my neighbors and I'm going to watch out for them and I think we need to protect each other and I think we need to look out for each other and I think when somebody's in need, they need help and I think we as a society need to address this issue and start helping people that have marginal issues. They, 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 they can't control what's happening to them. Maybe they're, they, uh, they need mental health issues. They need help. Um, uh, we need to really start treating our veterans better we need to start treating our first responders better. We need to make sure that people that do these jobs get paid a decent wage so we attract really good um uh candidates for these jobs. And when the parents and family uh, know they're in trouble with a relative that's, you know, going sideways, they can get the help they need from the community from adult services to children's services. And when you start talking about being part of the community, instead of talking about how you're going to fight the community, think about what I just said. You're like defensive. You're angry. You're putting up a wall. You can't reason with an angry person. But if you're part of society and part of the solution, saying, you know what, we need people to know the fundamentals of gun training, and we need people to understand the fundamentals of situational awareness, and we need people to back up our first responders, and we need our police to be at a higher level, and we need mental health services for adults and children that are in um, trouble, and we need to, as a society, care about our neighbors and worry about people and help each other you're changing the way society acts and you're also letting people know that are marginal hey you know what you don't have to do that we can help you you know are you having some trouble instead of saying boy don't come to my house because shots will be fired right there you're 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 setting it up for like a, what do they call that it's a self fulfilled prophecy but if you say hey neighbor you seem like you're having some trouble could you use a hand could you use some help do you need some buddy to talk to you know i remember this fellow had a standoff with the police in my city where i lived in ohio And it wasn't a bad story. And I'll end it with this. This poor fellow was having some issues, mental issues. And he was scared. And he had just had, I think, a recent death in the family. And he was maybe a little frightened about life and the world around him. And he ended up getting a standoff, an armed standoff with the police. And a friend of mine got called. And the police brought him down and he walked right up to the guy and said, it's me, it's me, you know, like, uh, and he recognized him and he said, what are you doing here? He goes, I came to talk to you. You know, the the police want me to talk to you. And he worked really hard from a distance and everything got cooled down and they got the guy out of the house and they realized there was a horrible misunderstanding And nobody got hurt, and it was a big happy ending, and everybody got ice cream. And yes, that's what happens in a perfect world. But what I'm saying is, when people have no hope, and they're scared, and they're afraid, and they're frightened, there's not a lot of options on the table. And I think people go down these rabbit holes, and they just get further and further away from A solution that would be less violent than what they fill their heads with. But when a society says, we not only love you, we care about you. And, you know, it's like the soldiers say, we're not going to leave anybody behind. If we took that mentality and said, you know what, we're not leaving you behind. It's good enough for our soldiers. It's good enough for us. And we care about each other. And we're going to get you the help you need, even if it's just someone to talk to. Maybe that's why this works in other countries. A little bit. I don't want everybody to think I'm trying to sell you something. I'm trying to get you to think about it. Now, I might have come up with some good ideas, or I might have made some good points. Maybe you could join the conversation, too. And maybe we could make things a little better. I hope you enjoyed that conversation today, and I hope you can see where I'm coming from. And I hope you feel a part of the conversation. And I hope you don't feel left out, because I don't want anybody being left behind, especially somebody in my audience that just wants to hear somebody talk to them in a kind voice. Until I see all of you again, please have a most wonderful day, a most blessed day. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Hoyo. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash